0: Welcome to the PlayStation Nonplus podcast, an evil experiment that I put myself and my friends through to figure out if Sony's PlayStation Plus offerings are worth your time month to month. I'm one of your hosts, Kirk Martin, and joining me as always is test subject 626 Chris Dorman. Hi, Chris.
1: Hello, Mask Kirk. How are you doing?
0: <laughs> I'm great, man. I'm great. Uh, New Year's finally here. I mean, it's only been a month since we've been in it, but, you know, we haven't really talked about it. Uh, because this is our first january our first month for 2021 uh, yeah
1: we're con- we're contractually obligated to speak to each other once per month
0: only once per month chris and i actually we don't collaborate at all uh as you could t- probably tell by the product <laughs> shouldn't make fun of our own shit yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's that it's that conan o'brien self-deprecating humor man people love that shit
0: I think you got to earn it though and we definitely have not but i guess let's get right into the games for january twenty twenty one. And I think I'm going to kick us off, starting with Greedfall. It's an RPG developed by Spiders, and they did Technomancer, and Bound by Flame seems to be their most uh, known games. You played Technomancer, right?
1: I dipped into Technomancer and dipped out for reasons that'll become clear pretty soon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In Greedfall, uh, you play as a noble diplomat exploring the new world of 3D and looking for a cure to the Malachor, a plague that's sweeping through the continent. My thoughts on this game, uh, I think Spiders uh, has tried to do something really, really cool with uh, this game. It has a lot of old school RPG feel uh, reminiscent uh, for me of old Bioware stuff um, like Knights of the Old Republic and um, original Mass Effect and original and Dragon Age Origins also has a lot of a Bethesda RPG feel where you can accomplish tasks without violence. Uh, which I really, uh, I think it's a cool way to handle things. And they do really dip into that, like being able to solve problems without violence in the way they develop their RPG systems. Because, I mean, you have charisma, but but charisma isn't just how well you sneakily stab people. Uh, Charisma has to deal with how you're talking to people and how well you can convince them of stuff, uh, of things. You have intuition and things of that nature which I really appreciate. Um, and, and, you know, having these better RPG systems uh, gives you an opportunity to play the game as you want, like constantly throughout the game, you can use costumes and potions to sneak around that like was my preferred play style. Oftentimes I use my companions to talk to people in their factions so that, you know, I didn't have to kill people in their faction and, be forced to lose like reputation and, and uh yeah shit like i that. I, I, so. I like
1: that i like the um thing like you know when i first went to a merchant and saw that i could you know buy quest items like buy a bottle of brandy so that you could use it to get people drunk and you know fall asleep at their post i thought that was a really cool thing i like the options that you're given to so it's not you know you can either kill these people or talk them down or you can use these items to try and pick a third way i think
0: well, what's cool is like I I went into science right away because I was using guns and I wanted to do stuff with potions and have access to healing potions. I was able actually to craft that brandy. I didn't yeah, have to that's buy that's say so yeah, I was a magic girl. So so, so I mean I love that stuff. What do you think of the um the costume? The Steam I also system. like
1: the stoom system. Uh, it could have been more clear with the stoom system.
0: Um, like, what was going? How how tiny are those emblems, dude? Those emblems are so tiny. And and then I actually had to Google which faction was which because I the game never like. There's no codex of, hey, these are the factions. You know what I mean? It's it's it was
1: kind of frustrating doing that, but I did like the idea of like, oh, I put on you know some sailor's garb, so now I can just fuck around in these in these uh warehouses and nobody looks twice at
0: me. Um, dude, I love that. And it it comes up so often, so many missions that you have to do that stuff. And then I I really, like I was talking about the companions, I was really mixing and matching my companions pretty often, except for the religious guy, because I was just not interested in rolling with him, Um, you know, just because like you, you get bonuses to this different areas and the different people you interact with, depending on. Um, who's in your party, which was, which I feel like we haven't seen good stuff like that in, in a right. few years now. Uh, I guess probably since Inquisition and Inquisition was what? 2016 or something like that. 2017. Um, but speaking about like Inquisition, uh, I do have, I have my issues with Greedfall as well. Uh, this game was developed in 2019. Do you believe I that?
1: <laughs> uh, I, seriously? I would never believe that from what I played.
0: Uh, it, it, it feels old. The game feels old. It, it feels like Inquisition. It feels like, which are, which is a great game. It feels like Dragon Age, uh, older Dragon Age games, which are great games, but they were great games at their time, like 2019 or 2021. Now, they just don't uh, have the same appeal. This game is literally gorgeous on its surface. Like, it's amazing. And, and then you go inside and it's like, oh, I've been here before. Every single apartment. Within the cities are exactly the same. Every building interior is the same. All the palaces exactly the same. Uh, What else was there? All the warehouses and the docks once you get inside the buildings are laid out 100% the same the barracks is like, I understand it happening like, you know, you replace you know, it's going to have the same skin and like, but you at least have to change the layout of the rooms or something. Like I, that was insane. Like if I went to one barracks in one city, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between it in the barracks in a different city. <laughs> did you, were you able to notice that? And that was like, <laughs> and that, and, and that was like dragon age two stuff. That was like a big complaint with dragon age two was like, you have this big game development, but all the interiors are exactly the same. And I mean, that's um, the,
1: the difference, isn't it? Like we just found out on the, on the, um, stream or was it not on the stream but we just found out the other day that spiders is what how big of a studio is spiders 20 20 people,
0: people dude i had 20 people plus outside like sure they have help, some consulting but, like, thing but it's not
1: like fucking bioware
0: <laughs> oh man <laughs> like
1: which bioware I, made dragon age 2 and had the same problem you know
0: oh absolutely um, I have one more criticism, and then I want to I want to talk about the the team at Bioware or Spiders a little bit. Um, and at a glance, uh, the combat system seems fun, like and interesting. Like I like having the combination of guns and having to break armor and using magic that can completely bypass armor. And my guys specified in like traps and grenades, which which was fun. But then I realized that like I was doing the same co- same exact combat loops using the same exact tools and tricks from. Where I was at on the original island, on the continent, all the way to 20, 25 hours into the game, I was doing the same exact thing, which uh, was not not good for me. It was boring and I I increased the difficulty and it didn't matter because I knew how to, like once I learned how to combat the enemy, that was it. It was done. You know, there's no surprises when it came to combat, uh, which might have been why I avoided it as much as I could. One more thing I want to just, like, highlight, Uh, once again, like, we talked about, like, this being a, a small developer, the armor and weapon upgrade system is something that everybody needs to steal from this game, anybody who makes an RPG. Not only can you upgrade your weapons and armor to make it more useful, but it changes the way they look. So I love that you get a visual and a stat boost to them, and it feels great, it looks great, and there needs to be a lot more of that, like, people need to steal that, or like we were talking about two nights ago, I guess, or I guess it was last night. Somebody needs to throw money and people at spiders. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Because the bones that are here, I absolutely love. And like this game makes me want to kind of take a peek at Technomancer because that that seems pretty cool. But you could tell that, that the team busted their butts and they got as far as they could get with a team that small in the budget, the size that they had, which Is unfortunate because Greedfall could have been a triple A RPG, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, I mean they've got they have the ideas there. It's not about that. It is about the execution entirely. And that was like every problem I had in this game was it could probably be traced back to, well, that's a budgetary issue. Like, I don't know. I, I, Mm I only have so many hours on this on this planet. I'm not going to spend that many of them watching npcs clip against a fucking chair for 30 minutes straight because i can't stop watching get, once i start <laughs> seeing it like are you gonna get out of it are I, I, you no you can't
0: the cape clipping was brutal for me because i was like so happy to get this like fancy new cape because i'm a nobleman i gotta have my fancy new cape and it would just clip between my my big booty <laughs> just like here's my back and here's my ass and there's like my, my your cape guy did look super it. fresh uh Oh, it was sexy, dude. I love dark skin, silver hair. I have to. Oh, yeah. I have to get way it way out to go, of the right?
1: podcast though. The character customization thing. The first thing in the game made me so angry. <laughs> just, just the idea that you know, okay, it's an RPG. You're going to customize your character. You can decide, you know, who you are uh, before the game tries to tell you that. And you got the portrait being painted. So it's like, oh, that's a cool little thing. This guy's painting a portrait of you. So you don't know what you look like. He has the face all blocked out. Obviously, cool. Uh, and before it cuts to the character customization, the 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 your the your guy starts talking, and it's definitely a guy, and it shows <laughs> his face as a guy, and then it cuts to character customization <laughs> screen, and the first option is, "Are you a male or a female?"
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe they should ask that yeah, one first.
1: Like, <laughs> oh my god, you, you were so close, and you've made this kind of game and before. That's-
0: I. And it's even and it's a fun little scene too of like you getting your portrait painted and like the guy talking to you about who you are and what you do and you know what you're into <laughs> but then they like they crashed it down yeah for you.
1: and I, I, I it never really recovered <laughs> for me um, from that nonsense
0: <laughs> that I didn't even that as soon as you did that you said told me that I knew you were playing and that was the first and one of the few things you said about that game to me like, <laughs> during this. Yeah, I I put
1: more time than I was willing to into this game.
0: (laughs) So, why don't you go ahead and uh, give me your uh, your judgment, uh, plus or nonplussed on Greedfall?
1: I'm gonna say nonplussed. Uh, I just I cannot I can't get behind this game in its current state. Again, spiders. I think you got a lot going on there, and I hope that they get the uh, resources to actually do what they seem to be capable of doing uh in the future because they have really cool ideas but uh greedfall
0: just did not hit me i'm going to plus greedfall i i really like this game i think it's amazingly charming uh the systems are old systems are old school but updated even though the game does feel old at time does feel bogged down and old and look old at times but I think I like where they ended up with the combination in the systems when it comes to the reusing the environments and stuff like that. I don't I don't like that aspect of the old feel. Yeah, despite its flaws, it, it's a plus for me. Uh, we don't have many RPGs right now um, like this on plus and it, I think it's a great addition. and if this is the kind of game you like, if you like the old school Bioware stuff, if you like like Fallout 3, Fallout New Vegas. I think uh, I think this is a place to, or even like the older Elder Scrolls games, like Oblivion. Um, I think this is a place to, definitely a game you should check out. Uh, I really enjoy it. Uh,
1: yeah, so I'll, I'll bring us into the next one here. Split split the yeah, baby uh, on that
0: one. Gross,
1: what? Split the baby?
0: Three falls a baby and you that stopped it, in, <laughs> you it. It is, isn't it? Isn't that the um the wisdom um, so- oh what the fuck solomon the wise wasn't that the, you know that the baby guy he doesn't sound very
1: fucking wise if he's splitting babies
0: okay so this is how this works he two two people are fighting over a baby or two women are fighting over this child um he they so they take it before solomon the wise the king um one of the one of the persons is the mother one of the women is the mother the other one is not but they all lay claim to this child or they both lay claim to this child. He says, fine, we'll chop the baby in half and give it to, and each of you can have a half of the baby. One mother protests profusely saying, no, 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 don't cut the baby in half. Just give it to her. If that's what we have to do, I'm fine. So then he takes the baby and he takes the whole baby and gives it to the one who protested. um, Because obviously a mother would care more to not have their baby cut in half and would just make sure the baby stayed alive then argue how much then argue about um
1: so like yeah i alive. am familiar with the concept of the wisdom of solomon i never thought of it or heard of it as the splitting a baby in half story like uh,
0: i think that's the only solomon of the life yeah, story I know, but I it's know. just like <laughs> the-
1: it's used in so many different examples i can't believe you pulled out like the og split the baby in half Hebrew Bible nonsense.
0: <laughs> what can I say? I love my people. You do.
1: <laughs> anyway, sweetie uh, of the Bible, <laughs> Shadow of the Tomb Raider.
0: From a developer that needs to so be developed by Itis Morial
1: <laughs> and published by Squeenix. Uh, it is yeah. the concluding entry in the uh, rebooted Lara Croft origin story. I like this game. Uh, it's absolutely gorgeous to look at, first off. Like, I couldn't, I know it was, you know, what, 2018 and getting towards the end of the uh, last generation. So, of course, it's going to look good. But I was actually still kind of surprised by how good it looked uh, on PS4. It does the things that these Tomb Raider games have done uh, really well. Like the uh, cinematic sections, you know, right from the jump are really cool. Like those,
0: like, insane platforming set pieces. Dude. I really like that. Can we talk about the cinematics real quick? It, Those were intense. Yeah. <laughs> like at the beginning, that first one, I was like, I don't know, if <laughs> we play this game. If this, if this is what we're doing, I almost crapped yeah, myself, it, man. The the plane, holy yeah, hell! It's uh, sorry,
1: but yeah, <laughs> even ahead. like the the like playable like collapsing platforming seg segments are, you know, they still feel really good. Uh, That's all of these games have done a really good job because like that's something that could be really easy to screw up. You have to make it so it's not, you know, you get stuck every time on these and you're doing them 15 times before you can progress and you don't want them to feel too easy. Or it's like, okay, well, that's just a bunch of noise and it really doesn't mean anything. But they really seem to hit that sweet spot of, you know, that felt challenging, but I got it done, you know, the first time and I feel like a god. (laughs)
0: And speaking of challenging, though, like when you first enter the game, you can dictate. This is, uh, I think, we talked about this a little bit with The Last of Us Part Two, is you can dictate how difficult or how easy you want per- certain parts of the game to be. You can put puzzling all the way up to the max, and combat and stealth all the way down low, or, or survival. I think I would think it was combat and survival as low as possible, so you can get more resources, get through combat easily. But but if you're like super into the puzzles you can increase the difficulty of the puzzles just to challenge yourself a little bit or vice versa. You can make the puzzle. If you suck at puzzles, slap that all the way down and you just want to shoot people and, you know, have a challenging combat experience, crank that up and go for it. So I I liked having the different sliders to dictate how I wanted the game to play. You know what I mean? Based on my strength.
1: That's definitely like one of my favorite trends in recent years of, you know, being able to adjust the game's difficulty to your, uh style of play is just really cool um i'm not you know one of those people who's like oh it's got to be hard mode or nothing looking at you bucky um yeah i'm bucky t monster but yeah i i i I love that idea um but yeah the like i said like i've been saying the things that these games have done well since the first uh reboot game uh, it's carrying through the bow feels good i think still
0: The bow feels Um, great. The sneaking
1: around (laughs) is really good.
0: Uh, Sneaking around feels great.
1: The uh, skill tree, and this one's a
0: little whack, but... um, Oh, yeah. I didn't know what to put stuff into, and I was like, this doesn't seem useful. This doesn't seem useful. I'm just going to hold on to points. (laughs) You actually
1: play Path of Exile, and you're saying that. You're saying that this skill tree seems whack, so uh, I think I, I can feel comfortable in that statement like yeah that's a, it was just like so weird uh i don't know just
0: give me a just give me a tree it was too much stuff that did. yeah it, it, it i would rather them just do the split the three um aspects of survival what was it survival stealth and yeah. combat yeah or something like that i'd rather them just split the aspects of it and maybe have some links going between them because it was a it was just a mess and like one skill led to another, but they didn't have anything to do with each other. Like I, we spent a lot of time in far cry Four. you. And I spent a lot of time or was that fall Cry far cry three. But yeah. We spent a lot of time in there, but the skills like built on each other, you know what I mean? Okay. I unlocked stealth and I unlocked stealth from above. Now I can do two stealth kills from above. You know what I mean? And this one was just like, Hey, you can swim faster and like, Hey, your arrows <laughs> can like go through two skulls at once. I'm like, wait, what do those things have to do with each other? <laughs> Why do I need one to get the other? I do like
1: the, um, like, completing challenge tombs to unlock skills. Like, that is, that's, that's, so, the cool. Bread. that's mm-hmm. so cool. That's so cool
0: to me. That's the bread yeah. and butter in this game. Absolutely. The challenge tombs are, are, are the coolest things in this game. They still continue to be the coolest yeah, thing in the true. game. Because the stories are forgettable. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 yeah when i came when i came back in and it was and it was like trinity and i care and remember x y v this z this guy i'm like no <laughs> no i don't remember this guy i remember trinity i thought we were done with trinity what the yeah fuck? uh having
1: just played the second one for the first time recently you know to prepare for this uh yeah that was that was it's largely forgettable like the bad guys but i do li- so the stories as a whole are largely forgettable you're right but i do like in this one they they flipped it on its head because these, you know, fun archaeologists, Indiana Jones-like games are all about how you know you're in the right, you're you have the moral high ground. You're gonna this belongs in a museum, uh, kind of kind of thing. Or I'm not an awful person who's who's going to unwittingly unleash a plague upon the world by you know acting irresponsibly. I'm just gonna take this and you know make some money off of it, or just to have it like a Nathan Drake. Um, but they flip it in this one, where Laura is so single-minded in doing her thing and just like, well, I'm clearly better than Trinity. I have to get this done before Trinity, oh and God. she, you know, triggers the end of the world by not being responsible yeah, with archaeology.
0: <laughs> she's such a monster. It's it's bad. And then the cutscenes, man, are absolutely are are super brutal. Like when she's like dealing with the aspects of like, what, who am I? And Jonah's like, hey. Girl, chill out. People are dying. Can we like pause for a second and save some people? Like, what the
1: fuck's yeah, your problem? I do love that Jonah has been like your 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 positive influence and your comic relief the whole time. And he spends like all of Act One just furious at you, like screaming, angry at oh my you.
0: I- I hated that that Jonah. Because yeah, I knew
1: I was wrong, and that Jonah was right, and I just, I just triggered a tsunami that wiped out Cozumel, Mexico. Oh, and I'm sitting my here gosh, like, how does this so- affect me though? We, Trinity has the dagger. We must go get it. That was a bullseye, baby, Laura.
0: Thank you. I tried. I tried. I got a lot of practice in that flashback.
1: Oh my god! Level.
0: How about we just lift things directly there was a lot
1: of lifting <laughs> From directly uncharted? uncharted. And you gave you you gave me some yay at the end of the last episode where I said these games are, you know, pretty much uncharted. Uh yeah, they're pretty much uncharted, but they try to be serious. Um uh, so
0: serious. So but that
1: that's that, that tsunami sequence was really freaking cool, and that was enough to probably uh, plus.
0: That, that um I got some really cool things from, from PlayStation 5. Uh, sorry, uh, just real quick,
1: name? I wanted to shout out uh, Camilla Luddington, who, she's been Lara in all of these games. Uh, she's done the VO and the mocap, and I think she's really yeah. done a good job and ch- you know, changed the perception of Lara Croft from pointy boobed gun girl, who you can make drown, and it's really horrifying, uh, to actually being a character, <laughs> which is uh,
0: commendable. I, th- I think she's a great She's a great character, uh, absolutely, and uh, you can still make Laura drown and die. Pretty horribly. not as horribly as you and could on I the rec- like- on
1: the initial PlayStation, but yeah, still pretty bad.
0: It's still bad, and they they, they need to stop doing. It. I I honestly would just rather have a load screen <laughs> than watch this girl bounce across the rocks and then drown. No, thank you. Um, I got some really cool surprises with um, PlayStation Five. I booted it up and I got to get some uh, choose some graphics settings. So, um, something I didn't know we were going to get from plus, I guess, is that we were getting the upgrades, uh, to PS5 when, when they're available. So I had the upgraded, uh, Tomb Raider, uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I got to choose like graphics or performance mode or sorry, not graphics or performance, but performance or visual mode. I chose performance mode, uh, just cause I wanted those locked frames and it was awesome to play. And it was absolutely, um, and it was still absolutely gorgeous to look at too. So uh, that was, you know, a fun little surprise. Oh, and they tried to do some stuff with the controller. Uh, not nearly as good as AstroBot or probably any first person, first party Sony product um, game. But they really did try, and I, I thought that was neat.
1: Well, that's good. Yeah, I, I I wish I could try it. <laughs> what did you think about the shoesting? I don't. I did not like it. I, anything that wasn't a bow, I I hated using. Like I don't know.
0: Yeah. There's a couple of times I restarted sections just because I lost stealth. And I was like, hey, I'm not I'm not shooting because it feels bad to shoot. So if you want shooting, don't come yeah. to. This I mean, game.
1: I can but always make my insane. way out of it. Like I wouldn't restart a segment. I would just say, screw it I'll brute force it. Um, but yeah, it, it's not fun to do. That's the thing. I never I never really needed yeah. to use the the guns in these games. I'm, I've always been.
0: I'm just so good at being this on the set. And uh,
1: well, I've played a lot of Skyrim. <laughs> I'm a pretty good stealth archer. Uh <laughs> I, yeah um i had something and it's gone now oh. uh but yeah it's 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 a fun game it's uh i don't know it might be it might be the weakest entry in the 3 out of the 3 for me
0: i think i would agree with that i do that.
1: like that they made an improvement well. with the swimming cuz the swimming in um rise of the tomb raider was just an abject nightmare
0: Oh, was that an improvement in the swimming? Because I it was so I, Oh my gosh. <laughs>
1: Having just played uh the previous game and then playing this, it's so much better.
0: It is so Uh-oh. much better. <laughs> was it better with the piranhas, by the way? Or Why?
1: the ooh, Barracudas.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, and the fucking and the Sonic and the Sonic the Hedgehog air bubble. Yeah. Oh, fucking secret. I really
1: wanted to just so start doing the music. <laughs> like
0: fucking a man um i'm gonna plus it still there's a lot of this game that i i did not like but they do such a good job with the stealth and the ed and the adventuring the general adventuring like the the cities you go to i was like oh just go here trade and go on to the next story mission i'd get caught up for hours like doing all the little things around the town which is fun so i, I think they packed a lot in this package the stealth is great the adventuring is great the challenge tombs are always good uh so it's a plus for me
1: yeah and I, it's a plus for me i want to you know end on the little quote that i found um from the development team regarding how they how they you know see this game uh and it really strikes for me how it differentiates from a game like an uncharted um so the idea is becoming the tomb raider is becoming this ultimate expression of this survivor timeline and what that means for us is becoming more responsible with the use of archaeology it's not just about possessing an object going into a tomb everything crumbles and then leaving it's about learning that archaeology is also culture and history and language and that involves people and i think they actually Nailed I did that. a really good job I with that. The system oh, yeah. of, you know, you can't read this monolith, go do other stuff, learn this language and come back and do it. Like you're actually, you're much more of an archeologist rather than a Nathan, rather than crash bandicoot become human, <laughs> which is Nathan Drake in my. Opinion.
0: Yeah, I would agree. That's really cool. And it's always good. I think to come from start a project and come from a place with the philosophy and have something to refer to as you're developing yeah. as well. Uh, but yeah,
1: plus uh, I, I enjoyed the game a lot. Um, that's all I have to say about
0: that. You should have opened with that quote, and it would have been a lot easier for me to just say plus instead of having just to having convince to myself. For Fifteen minutes about this game. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Oh, we got more games, folks. Let's get over to the PS5 side of things. Um, all this month I was streaming Man Eater. Man is developed by Tripwire. I don't know any of their games. Other games. Um. Uh, killing floor i know i that's in my playstation library from playstation plus in the past but i didn't play it uh did you dip in that at all yeah oh well uh it's a survival action rpg uh where you are a mega shark eating other sea life and ocean and ocean pollution to grow and evolve into the ultimate killing machine on your quest for revenge um this game was really funny it's guised in a um most dangerous, not dangerous catch. Is that what the show is called? Dangerous Deadliest Deadliest catch, catch yeah. kind of like TV show, which is which is pretty neat. Gets you from place to place narratively because you're a freaking shark. Some things I really liked about this game. Game is simple, uh, straight to the point. You're eating stuff, you're getting bigger, uh, you're getting evolutions. And the game's quick. It's very nice with your time. It took me 15 hours at max to get the platinum. But I wouldn't have been able to play the game much longer than that because it's, once again, it is very simple. Um, But every minute you're playing this game, it's fun. The game is dense. You're eating stuff, completing challenges, uh, finding wreckages, taking down uh, ships. You're just you're doing a lot. It's a lot of the same things, but you are doing a lot. And there's constantly new challenges. Larger, larger uh, sea creatures are trying to take you down. Larger hunters, boats and hunters are trying to with new tools, dynamite and stuff like that to try and to try and take you out. Um, but once again, you are, you are the queen of the ocean and you are, you are huge and you destroy things very easily. If you, if you checked out the stream.
1: Yeah. It, One it, thing it that looked like a lot ahead. of fun, I really am just desperately sad that I couldn't get a PS five to get this game for free. And,
0: and that's the thing it is. It's just fun. Like it's a fun game to play. Like once I started, uh, the first couple hours were a little sketchy just cause you're so small, but once you get a groove for it, you get a bit of a build which is funny to do like you can build a shark that was really neat uh you can really get going and it's hard hard to actually stop um one of the very cool things about this game one of the things that keeps you going is uh chris parnell uh is doing the narration for the game so little things that you do throughout the game it'll trigger him like oh the The mega shark is X, Y, and Z, and she's queen of the ocean. It gives you, like, funny snippets from the places, uh, the different areas that you are, you know, sharking in. So, he he really helps keep along. I think without him, it would have been tough to keep going in the game. You know what I mean? Some things I didn't like about the game. uh, The game looks very meh. Like it's fine. Your shark looks really cool, and you're when you're out of the water, you're super jelly and weird, and I love that. But everything around it, uh, everything else around it, just doesn't look good. Doesn't look next gen, even though I think this is a PlayStation Four game as well. And and once again, the gameplay is shallow. But when you're only playing at eight, like I think it took me seven and a half hours to beat the game, fifteen hours for the platinum. That I don't think that really matters too too much because it's still fun. Uh, but right down to it. Uh, Games Plus, super fun. I hope everybody who wasn't able to get a PlayStation Five at least add it to their collection so they can hit it up later.
1: Yeah, fun game. What else you got, PlayStation Five boy? Uh,
0: last one. I've been I've been saying for a while now that I was going to get to this one. I did. Uh, Bug Snacks, uh, developed by Young Horses. They also developed Octodad, as Chris has told us in the past. Um, it is an adventure game in which you explore Bug Snack Island. Trying to solve the mysteries of the island while you capture creatures that are half bug, half snack, bug snacks. Uh, the Grumpuses, the characters in this game, the human um, proxies are called Grumpuses, and I really, really like them. They're they're interesting, they're funny, and they're dramatic. And I think they're the best part of the game. They're kind of a lot of them have a lot of heart, but they're also like terrible people at the same time. Um, but I like that a lot. You know, I like my my flawed characters. Um, and I like that the bug snacks say their own name, like mm-hmm. Pokemon, uh, which is always great. Like bunger, 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 bunger. Don't I can't get enough of that. Can't get enough bungers. Um can't get enough bungers. But that is all the good I have. <laughs> I, I deep down I, I want to keep playing this game and I want to interact more with the grumpuses, but I do not like the core gameplay of bug snacks. It's not fun to me. Um, and I it's just not there's not enough there for me to want to continue playing this game. Um, capturing bug snacks uh, is a bit of a puzzle. And solving the puzzle is often pretty straightforward, but other times it's very convoluted. And even even sometimes I'm like, this is the only way I can think of to capturing this thing. Like, what am I doing wrong? Like, let me just look it up and I'll go to YouTube and somebody will do be doing the exact same thing as I am and capture the damn thing. So there's just something there with the, you know, me messing up the controls or just, another like bug snack getting in the way of what i'm trying to do and it, it's just very very frustrating and you know i don't i don't want to do it <laughs> like it makes me not want to play it um so with that in mind did you add did you want to have any questions or want to say anything about bug snacks or no
1: i think we've beat around the bush on bug snacks long enough i think uh it's pretty obvious that you hate bug snacks and everything it stands for
0: Absolutely, 100%. It's a non plus for me. I really do love the characters and would have liked to get to know them more, but I just, the game's, the core gameplay is just not good enough for me to want to. Wow,
1: we're getting vicious. Two non pluses.
0: One and a half non pluses. Two non pluses. (laughs) What a monster.
1: We want to get into the news story for the week here. We want to we want to talk about this 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 thing that happened.
0: Yeah, did you see all these people buying GameStop?
1: We're not stock? talking about that. Diamond hands, everybody. <laughs> Diamond hands. We're not talking about that. Um, no, the Xbox Live price increase attempt <laughs> that happened during this week.
0: <laughs> what that that eight hour <laughs> attempt at raising the price Stop. on GameStop? They're on a on a. Xbox Live Gold? Yeah, that didn't so, go well. So,
1: essentially, it boils down to that uh, Microsoft w- said that they were going to increase the uh, price of Xbox Live Gold from $60 a year to $120 a year. Uh, <laughs> which, again, we're going to double the rate <laughs> right now. Uh,
0: While people are stuck at home playing more video games than they've ever played with friends online before. Effective. but yeah,
1: right now we're going to do that. And it took, what, how many hours before
0: <laughs> I think they announced this at 9 a.m. and I think by 9 p.m. they reversed, <laughs> like, on the same day, on January 22nd. Yeah, it was, it, there's, there's just change.
1: like, of course, this was going to backfire on you guys, and they've been they've been so high on the idea of we're doing this for the gamer, everything we do is with with gamers in mind. So we're going to double the price of Xbox <laughs> Like Gold,
0: Chris. They messed up. <laughs> And we were right to let <laughs> yeah, them know. It's
1: just the best. Hey guys,
0: we messed up today.
1: And you were right to let us know.
0: Yeah. Um, I it's it's wild. And it, what's funny is they did this, and then they had to give the gamers Xbox Live members even more, or not even Xbox, Xbox in general, because like I didn't know this that they you had to have Xbox Live to play like Fortnite on Xbox. You know what I mean? On, on PlayStation, like the free-to-play games are free-to-play regardless of if you have Plus or not. And that was not the case on Xbox. I didn't know that. So now all free-to-play games are free-to-play whether you have Xbox Live yeah. or not on Xbox.
1: Which, again, that's how it should be. Uh,
0: oh, 100% how it should be. Um, and I think I was listening to a couple things and it kind of made sense to me. I think this was like a guy's attempt at like, hey, we're going to force people to go to our better service with the... Um, Xbox uh, Game Pass, uh, but they just didn't go about doing it the right way. I think they just need to do a better job of marketing no, like and showing that. the value, and that the genius of Game Pass, which I, I would argue is—I nah, wouldn't even have to argue—it's probably the best deal in video games right now, easily the best game in video yeah. games right now. But 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 don't garner bad will. Now people are going to be suspicious of it. You garner bad will when you say, "Hey, we're going to charge you more." Come over to this; it's a better deal. Like, no, fuck
1: you guys. It's it's unbelievable. Like, and it almost has to be some sort of you know 4D chess move like that, where they're trying to get you to go over to Game Pass. But because doubling the price <laughs> is just so fuck wild. Like, do it like Netflix does. That's what you said. Kirk. Do it like Netflix does. Like a dollar a year, just. Pump it up a dollar. What are you going to do? Quit? No, you're not going to yeah. quit. Come on, yeah, give me the dollar. the dollar. Give me the dollar.
0: Really? You can't. You can't afford another dollar. No,
1: <laughs> oh, you can't afford another dollar. Look at all the look at all the at all the content we've lost. You can't afford another oh, dollar.
0: <laughs> I'm really glad uh, Microsoft wasn't able to accomplish this. Way to rise up, gamers. <laughs> I guess uh, because I did not want. I did not want a price hike in a, on PlayStation Plus because there's not much it's offering right now that it needs a price hike, that it can handle a price hike. Now, if they say, if they tell me that PlayStation Now is going to be a part of Plus and it's going to cost a little bit more, but Remember Me is on the service, I'm all about that.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, we need to get a bell. We need to get a bell for Remember Me.
1: I, I, look, I I'm with that idea. Like, give me if we're going to combine PlayStation now and PlayStation Plus, then yes, let's up the price. And honestly, like the other thing that Microsoft said when they were doing this, when they were attempting this was, you know, it's been however long it's been that we've been charging the same amount, you know,
0: 18, 18 years. years. Like,
1: yeah, of course, prices should go up at some point. That's just how this works. Wait, you but can't they should just, have been doing it. You can't generation. be like, "Well, we're going to make up for lost time." You should have been paying one hundred and twenty dollars for some time
0: three generations of Xbox yeah. Live. It wouldn't have been like, each generation. You charged, you increased it by ten dollars for the year or something like that. You could have figured that out. Like people would have been like, "Oh, I'm getting a better experience, and there's more, net, there's more broadband or network or whatever. I got to do shit with." Like you can't do it out of the yeah, blue <laughs> during a fucking pandemic of people. I'm just trying to play video games with their friends. You can charge, you can just like sneak it in
1: and charge us more. You can trick us. It's super easy. You don't have to try and do this, though.
0: I love that. I love that all, and all any consumer asks about is trans, like give us transparency, give us transparency. And they gave us transparency and we (laughs) burned.
1: (laughs) Well, their transparency sucked shit. Like you can't, yeah, if it's pretty transparent that the thing you're doing sucks, you're going to hear about it.
0: I love it. Uh, anything else from that? Any other news that you saw that you're interested in talking about?
1: Ah, uh, no. I mean, gamers rise up. That's that's all it is. Chris, new
0: month, new games. Pretty pretty exciting month we got coming up here. A spicy one, spicy yeah, one,
1: spicy boy, spicy month. So the big the big release for uh, PlayStation Plus for February is. Uh, Control Ultimate Edition. Um,
0: that Ultimate Edition
1: is yeah, key. that gets you the the PS Five upgrade, uh, which is baby, huge. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's controls an action adventure game developed by Remedy, uh, the folks behind Max Payne and Alan Wake and Quantum Break. Oof. Uh, yeah, this was a pretty consensus game of the year in 2019 uh, for most folks uh and a lot of people just bought it on the holiday so yeah i saw when um this was released the the reddit thread about this was just like entirely people saying i just bought control for twenty dollars and now they're giving it to us
0: <laughs> for free. which oh yeah i mean i'm one of those people I, I i bought it during the holiday so i was like sweet i'm gonna like hop into control between like our you know on our off weeks because uh, we usually, I usually take like a couple of days to just do my own personal gaming uh, during our experimentation. But damn, I was like, okay. But it was only twenty. Like, how wouldn't you be? You wouldn't be able to pass up that deal control for twenty bucks. Yeah, if you know I, what I mean?
1: didn't already have the game, I would have bought it during the holidays.
0: And especially since I, since I. um I I think I talked to you about it before. This is a game I wanted to play on PlayStation 5, and I knew that the Ultimate Edition was the only one that had the PlayStation 5 upgrade, so I figured I'd buy it, throw, throw it in the back there, back catalog, don't worry about it until I got a PlayStation 5, and lo and behold, here it is. Yeah. So,
1: so uh, essentially, with this game, you are playing the director of a paranormal agency of the U.S. government uh, that uh, you're trying to uh, expel invaders from the oldest house, which is the uh, as kirk has described it a paranormal pentagon um that you are the director of it's uh yeah it's sort of like um an scp agency kind of thing with all of the uh weird artifacts and you know stuff that is contained within the oldest house i have already started to play this game a little bit so i have a bit of a head start i'm pretty excited to jump I, i've started
0: i've started playing it too and yeah, it's pretty neat. But we'll we'll talk about that more next month.
1: What else we got coming to us Kirk?
0: Oh, this one I'm stoked on. Another game that was very critically acclaimed uh last year tw- or not last year. Jesus, 2 years ago, 2019, Concrete Genie. This was developed by Pixelop P- Pixel Is that how you say that? Pixelopus. Now, uh, these are guys Pixelopus. Today. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, these are the people who made Entwined, which I think you'd remember from E3 just before the PlayStation 4 came out. Um, this is a plus, that was a plus game as well, and I think it launched with the PlayStation 4. In this game, uh, you are painting a living magical mural that has characteristics based on choices you make, like color and size. I guess I I didn't get too deep into it, um, and you're trying to bring your, the town of Denska back to life. It looks really neat. And the art style looks so cool. It reminds me of like um, like Coraline or something like that. Some of the stop motion paper or like Kubo of two strings or whatever that movie was called. Is that what it was called?
1: Uh, I don't know if it was of two strings. I I cannot remember it off the top of my head, though.
0: But it has like that clay or paper crafty type of feel to it. But it looks awesome. I'm, I'm excited to dip into this one. Once again, another critically acclaimed game, though, too. So we're getting two. Very spicy, boys. Uh, this and month. the two strings.
1: Uh, yeah, damn. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm really excited to get into this. And apparently, it's a it's a quick play. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. Maybe it'll it'll bring back some memories of da Blob from the Nintendo Wii. You remember da Blob? Did you ever play da Blob?
0: I think I've looked at The Blob. Uh The Blob, yes, a Steven Spielberg joint. Is that what it's yes, called? Yes,
1: absolutely. Um it was it was it was a lot of fun and it was also painting a town to save it. Um
0: yeah, but The Blob, the town was white. It wasn't all depressed and dark and moody, well, right? I'm
1: white and I'm all of those things. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Um Yeah, so that'll be exciting. That's our PS4 uh, entries, and Kirk, you can talk about yet another PS5 entry that's going to make me sad that I'm not playing it.
0: The first PlayStation 5 Plus game that was ever announced, uh, Destruction All-Stars, developed by Lucive Games. Who made Need for Speed Payback? (laughs) Uh, This is a Destruction Derby game. That's all I really know about it. Uh, You have different characters that apparently have different skills. From the videos I looked at, they kind of all look like they have the same skill. It's just a little bit different. Um, this is the game that I'm going to be streaming this month since not many people have PlayStation 5s, so we will uh, so we'll all enjoy this one together. Very excited oh. about it, but also not my style of game, so we'll see. Could be fun. I don't
1: know. We'll see. Maybe I'll cop a PS5 at some point this month.
0: And- I almost feel like maybe they should have pushed this back since I think it's the first PlayStation 5 exclusive that we're getting on Plus. Yeah, I uh, and seeing as how there's, I feel it still feels like there's not many of those out in the wild. Like I look at my um my friends list, and I think there's two other people with PlayStation fives. They need to remedy that. Mm-hmm. Get it? Call back. Call back to three minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, I yeah, I'm I'm excited to see you play this. Uh, I'll be there on the stream to, to jabber yeah. about it on Thursdays.
0: Okay, well, with that, those are our announcements. It's a Very cool month. Um, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a busy one. It's gonna be fun though. Um, but with that, it is time for one of my favorite parts of the show, uh, plus ones. And this is the part of the show where we talk about something else. You we know, spend our time on this month, something we liked or want to recommend, or you know, just made us feel good. Why don't you start us off, Chris? Yeah, and
1: I'm gonna try and keep it to one this month. Uh, we're gonna, we're gonna go to the world of television. Um, Shit's Creek is is my plus one this month. I watched that entire show in about a week. Um, Canadian comedy show. Uh, Eugene Levy and his son uh, Daniel Levy, I believe, created the show.
0: Oh, good! I needed that answer because that was on the crossword this morning, and I couldn't. I didn't know the guy's yeah. name. Thank uh, you. Uh, but yeah, you, I'm not even joking. Uh, <laughs> Christ.
1: Uh, Eugene Levy, um, most people our age would know him as Jim's dad in the American Pie movies. He's also uh, constant uh, facing Christopher Guest's uh, mockumentary movies. You're waiting for Guffman's and the like. Uh, But yeah, very funny. Very funny man. Been very funny for a long time, and he is basically the straight man in this episode. Uh, Core concept is uh, incredibly rich family, uh, gets screwed by their business manager, loses everything except for a small town that the father bought as a joke uh, several years ago uh, as a joke gift for his son. Uh, So they move into this town and it's the one thing the government left them because it has no inherent value. And it's all about them uh, adjusting. It's a fish out of water story, uh, them adjusting to the life in this town. Um, And it's got, it's got characters that are uh, genuinely awful, but they have a lot of heart. Uh, and uh yeah it's a very it's a very wholesome show and i have to i have to give credit to my girlfriend who stayed on me and said make sure you watch this show you should watch this show you're really gonna like this show
0: and like immediately i was a huge fan of it so shit's great i think uh yeah i think i watched the first two episodes of that with Catherine, and i think that's when we're definitely gonna get back to we just you know get caught up in other yeah. stuff
1: and again it starts kind of slow the first couple episodes are like all right well i don't know but you'll hit a point eventually where it's just like, wow, this is, I I just want to keep watching. I need to keep seeing these characters interact with this world. It's, it's genuinely great. And it deserves all of the awards that it got last year.
0: Awesome. I'm going to try and get back to that then in February here upon your recommendation. Um, I, Ooh, what am I going to do? I think I'm going to take us to the world of HBO max. Uh, I had didn't see these movies when they initially came out uh, just because I wasn't going to the movies and I didn't think my wife would sit through them. Uh, But the Hobbit, uh, the series of three Hobbit movies I thought were really well done. I don't know. Maybe you might know better, Chris. I don't know how they were received when they released, but I genuinely, genuinely liked those movies.
1: (laughs) They got pretty mixed reactions. They weren't as positively received as the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Um, But Wowser Bowser, when you said you were going to HBO Max, this was not what I would have expected you to be bringing.
0: Uh, I'm probably bringing HBO Max next month too. I've been dipping into their catalog and I thought it was garbage and it's actually really, really no, good. Uh, uh, but I think one thing that's really neat about these movies is the, I don't know about the third one, but the first, I, I haven't read The Hobbit in 25 years, probably. But the first two definitely seem to take a slower approach than the original uh, trilogy. Not the original trilogy, Jesus Christ. Then the Lord of the Rings trilogy takes a slower approach. Like By the time you're done the first movie, you're like, wait, that's all I'm getting. I think they're able to fill in a lot of things with that and really dive into the world and what's going on in the world. The third movie is just a trip, and I I think fairly unnecessary, uh, unless that actually was a part of the book. (laughs) They were just like, hey, now it's time for the payoff, and everybody gets a huge battle scene. Yeah. although. Although I did love the downfall of uh, Torin just becoming a psycho, a gold, a dragon gold cursed psychopath, which is great. And fucking uh, Cumberbatch's performance as Smaug was insane, dude. That was so
1: good. It was not the uh, uh, the Sherlock reunion I was expecting, but it was definitely. No.
0: Oh, I do love those two in Sherlock, though. Martin Freeman is just, yeah, he's. He's, he's one of my favorites. I think it's very underrated. I didn't
1: like those. I didn't like love those movies. But whenever Martin Freeman's on screen, you have to be watching. Mm-hmm. He's so he's so him.
0: good. I'll usually watch him in anything. Yeah, I, I just was like, hey, let me watch his train wreck because I felt like there may have been like, hey, nobody really liked these movies, and I I genuinely enjoyed them. My biggest complaint about them was were sexy dwarves. <laughs> 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 that was that was a that was a tough one. There's too many sexy dwarves. But um, other than that, yeah, if you, haven't, if you haven't seen them, I'd check them out. If you had seen them and didn't like them, there's probably nothing there for you.
1: I but. mean, and if you saw them in theaters and didn't like them, I couldn't blame you because the, the, the frame rate that they were filmed at was so fast. Like it made you want to throw up like, you know, that soap opera effect you get on newer TVs with the higher <laughs> refresh rate. Dude. It was like that in the theaters. So, like, imagine those, like, rushing rapid sequences and things like that with that frame rate. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if people in the theater threw up. when do they do that?
0: I, I don't, do you have a quote for me for that, Chris?
1: <laughs> I don't. I don't. Call Peter Jackson. Ask him what happened there. Uh, but, yeah. I think they're, they were plenty of fun movies. I just didn't. I, I would rather watch the uh, Lord of the Rings. I hear
0: you. I got you. Awesome. Uh, but with that, We both only did one plus one. Yay us. We finally did. (laughs) (laughs) We're back, baby. Hell yeah. Um, That's it for us this episode of PlayStation, of the PlayStation Plus podcast. Uh, Thank you, everyone who's participating on the Discord and giving us your feedback. Uh, You guys make us better and you keep it fun. Uh, Speaking of that, join our Discord. Uh, The link will be in the show notes. And you can find me on PlayStation Plus at Master Cylinder. And I'm at Dingo Sphinx. You can email us questions and feedback at podcastnonplussed at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at nonplustps. And we will be streaming Destruction All-Stars every Thursday this month at 9 p.m. Eastern on Twitch at Mastacyl, M-A-S-T-A-C-Y-L. Make sure you follow that. And uh, once again, thank you for listening and stay plussed.
1: Bye.